Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Today we're discussing one of the key threats to UK manufacturing, and that's cyber attacks. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Chris Windley, who's the chairman and CEO of the Cyber Security Association in the UK. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you? Thanks, Jeff. I'm fine. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You're very, very welcome. Now, now, Chris, as, as we've discussed in a conversation we had a week or so ago, um, this is a topic that's, that I'm aware of. And I know it's really important to, to all businesses, individuals, um, government departments, public service, whatever. Um, but it's not an area of my expertise. So I thought it would be really good for us to have a chat about cybersecurity on, on Insights for Manufacturing, because it seems that a lot of manufacturing businesses have gone by the way of IoT, Internet of Things, uh, machine learning and all of these you know, connected systems. So it's becoming more and more important uh, for businesses to to safeguard their intellectual property, data and everything else. So just before I start with the the sort of interview, if you like, I've been having a look at some of the stats from uh, the Cybersecurity Association website. I'm just uh-huh. going to quote some of these now for the listeners, because th- these really are uh, quite eye opening. So over 65 percent of uh, detected attacks 25% of large firms experience a breach at least once a month. Only 13% of all businesses set cyber security standards for their suppliers. Yep. And only 29% have written a formal written cyber security policy to protect their business. And then 51% took recommended action to identify risks from cyber attacks. I mean, that's just staggering um, and just shows the, I, I suppose, the acuteness of the of, of the problem and, and the threat to all businesses. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I, I remember going to uh, a presentation uh, actually by a cyber insurance company about something like three years ago um, in, in Malvern. And uh, at that time, you know, the guy was actually predicting global losses. Uh, from cyber attacks would reach seven trillion by 2023, he said. So we're, we're you know, we're pretty well on track for that, sadly. And um, uh, in terms of manufacturing, the attacks on manufacturing have just become like the top area that's being attacked. Attacked, right? So it, it sort of was financial services and insurance. But there's been, you know, a 2,000% increase in attacks and manufacturing has hit the number one spot. So basically, you know, the hackers have got their eye on the manufacturing sector. So so to begin with, t- tell us about the, the Cyber Security Association, first of all, Chris. What, what, what does it do? Who does it support? So uh, the Cyber Security Association, uh, you know, it, I mean, its aim really is to promote cybersecurity. And in particular, you know, we promote the government standard, if you like, of cybersecurity. We believe that there is a government standard that has been created 
and should be used, but not enough people know about it. And that is the cyber essential standard, which we'll talk more about later on. There's actually a number of, of relatively simple things that you can do that will stop most cyber attacks. Another part of the Cybersecurity Association, I think you know I've got a military background, so I'm ex-Royal Navy Weapons Engineer Officer, right? Another, another part of it is really to help support people that are coming from a military or other services background, say police or, or something like that, in, and, and want to get into cybersecurity, right? And they, and they don't know how to do that. Um, and actually, again, we're very lucky in the UK because there's been a lot of work done, you know, to even train up people that have non-IT and non-cyber backgrounds you know, to become cybersecurity specialists and that. So that, that's, an, that's an important area, you know, for me, it goes, you know, with like the, um, what's it, the Armed Forces Covenant and that type of idea, you know, basically helping people from the military transition in, in, in particular into a cybersecurity um, environment, you know, and, and obviously, you know, military people understand this, you know, like, threat, attack, defend, you know, and all of that, you know, so they, so they're, they're very suited to this world that we're living in now. Brilliant. Well, where are we then, Chris, in terms of our, our current state of cybersecurity readiness in the UK in general? Well, I always like to uh, point out, right, so, you know, something that people don't really know or don't, you know, um, they're just not aware of and that right and that that is probably that the uk um and and there are particular areas of the uk as well that, that are you know very advanced right but the uk in general is very advanced um in its like cybersecurity defense it's also uh, advanced in cybersecurity attacking as well you know about two years ago um gchq like formed a uh, an offensive cyber attack team, <laughs> you know, people might like to know, you know, that this place, uh, GCHQ exists, the government communications headquarters. So people in Cheltenham know the donut, right? They probably, they might not know what, what's going on in the donut. And actually, it's not just people in Cheltenham, because people down in Cornwall, they know about the GCHQ listening station down there. You know, people in London know about GCHQ and the you know, the MI5, MI6 building down there. Uh, there's, there's uh, you know, it's publicly known that there's a GCHQ office in the centre of Manchester now. So, you know, that, that, there are quite few, a few people that sort of like know about it. But what they probably don't realise is that all the time, GCHQ and the National Cyber Security Centre, which is basically the public facing arm of GCHQ, all the time, they are gathering information on, you know, the types of attacks that we're seeing um, and where those attacks are coming from. And they're, and they're looking uh, forward as to how we can uh, defend against those attacks. And so they do all sorts of things, you know, to, uh, to help defend. You know, one of them was the fact, again, I'll mention it, you know, that they put this cyber essential standard in place so that that basically comes from uh gchq ncsc 
with an organization called IASME, Information Assurance for uh, Small Medium Enterprises, right? Uh, who, who run that scheme, right? But, it, you know, it, com- it comes from there. And also, you know, people might uh, like to know, you know, that there is this thing called the GCHQ NCSC Cyber Accelerator, um, where they where they t- every year they take in a cohort of 10 companies um, who they think can help with the cyber attacks that they're seeing. Right. So that is the key. Right. Is they take that, you know, every year they take 10 companies in who themselves, you know, have got an innovative idea that GCHQ and NCSC thinks fits with the threats that are being seen. I, I can tell you now that the current cohort is very focused on like ransomware and malvertising because that, you know, that's seen as one of the, the key threat areas uh, at the minute. So we're in a we're in a pretty good place, but I, I guess lots more work to be done. And it's an ever shifting enemy, isn't it? You know, it, it's morphing yeah. into different uh, guises all the time. New forms of attack are, are yeah. coming out into the into the world all the time so uh it's trying to be one step ahead but i guess you know the, the businesses coming up with these cybersecurity solutions uh have to be reactive as well as preventative as well that's just the nature of the beast is that right certainly um like in general you know we're sort of uh following um, you know what what what's basically the anti-terrorism type of structure right which is sort of um you know prevent protect uh, etc right which is you know w- which the police will talk about a lot uh, so we certainly want to uh prevent things happening rather obviously rather than allow things to happen right and then and then help people to defend against it you know i think that's pretty obvious isn't it you know that 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 that, that's what we want to to happen right so so you know uh we're looking at all of these different ways that we can prevent the hackers getting in what could what can we do uh to help stop that happening uh, and and there are various things, and and again, I would say that a lot of them are basic, fairly basic things, right? But people just don't understand, just don't know about those basic things. The situation is that that you've got very clever people that are well funded, who for for whatever reason decide to be on the dark side. So if you if you I mean if you think right, if we, if we go with like say next year somebody is getting seven trillion dollars or whatever it is right you know i mean obviously it's a lot of like you know organized crime type people and that you know but individuals as well you know are like you know basically uh, sharing this seven trillion dollar pot if you like right you know so that is a that is an awful lot of money that's basically available for them to hire the best talent you know um, and to do like the the you know the best research and that into to and to have the best equipment right so so you know one of the one of the things that we basically always try and get across because you know exactly what I mean where where a lot of people just think they're not going to hack me that I you know I'm too small to be hacked right um, and and that that is a very common like view 
um, the problem is, right, is what they don't realize is that a lot of it is automated these days, right? What we call bots, you know, or software robots, you know, that, that are basically just operating automatically. And they're looking for a hole wherever they can find a hole, right? And then when they find a hole, then they're going to exploit that. There's a, co there's a combination of like automated um, and manual, if you like, work going on um, in terms of, you know, targeting and in terms of like, you know, how, how the attack is, is actually affected. Um, but that, you know, it's a really key point just to get across to people that it's pretty random. You know, ob obviously there are situations where you've got like, you know, people working for governments you know, the Russians or the Chinese or whoever it is, right? And they are targeting, you know, particular things, yeah? Um, you know, obviously, manufacturing, particularly in the defense industry, you know, is a, like a fantastic target for them, particularly now, you know, if they can, like, get, I don't know, you know, part of the plans of a missile system or something like that, you know, this is, like, very valuable at, at this moment in time, you know? And um, but equally, it's true of, say, for example, um, intellectual property in the film industry or in the music industry and that, you know, they get hacked as well. And in the fashion industry, actually, they get hacked as well, you know, for like the latest films or the latest, you know, fashions or whatever. Yeah, because all of that, again, is valuable to somebody. I think what we're going to try and do here, Jeff, is, you know, give people key takeaways and, you know, a key takeaway uh, for the manufacturing sector and particularly the manufacturing SME sector is the most attacked <laughs> sector. The attacks in general are, are, are random, you know, so anybody could be attacked. Could you help our audience with a few golden nuggets of, of value? What are the myths around cybersecurity? that are relevant to, or, you know, more relevant to manufacturing, Chris? Well, you know, that, that myth that we just talked about, I'm just an SME or, you know, I'm just a, like an, S, an SME manufacturer, if you like, um, they're not going to attack me. That is, you know, like a really big <laughs> myth, if you like. Yeah. Another myth, if you like, that I want to highlight, right, is it's like too difficult and too complicated, okay. right? You know, because I know it, I know it seems like that, you know, I, I, I was talking with one of our partners the other day and, you know, he was stood on a stand somewhere and uh, in a, a cybersecurity show, you know, and a person walked past and they looked at what he had on his backboards and that and, it, and they went, oh, cybersecurity and like, you know, walk straight on, right? And, you know, you, you, you understand, if you like, that, that, um, that, that that's how a lot of people feel particularly in the sme space right um about it uh about its complexity if you like and and maybe about its irrelevance as well but one of the things that that i talk about is to say look right of course this is about cybersecurity, but it's also about getting a grip on your IT infrastructure. Well, obviously in manufacturing, that's IT and OT infrastructure, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, is, is, is getting a fundamental handle, right, on what is going on actually on your network, right? 
And that's just like, it's like basic stuff, right? But it's, it's basic stuff that people struggle to answer, but actually we've got easy solutions to it. Say, for example, if I go to you or somebody and I, and I say, I don't know, let's say you've got like I don't know, 10 or 20 man company or something like that. And I go to you and I say, OK, get, you know, give me a list of all the devices that you've got on your network. Typically, they will not be able to do it. Small businesses won't even have a, um, an asset register. They don't have, you know, an asset register. They certainly are not going to know in real time what devices are actually on their network, right? But, you know, we have easy solutions for that, right? So, and of course, it's, it's like fundamentally important to understand that. By the way, you know, it's probably just interesting for me to say to you um, that the record that we've seen in a home, right, for the number of devices in a home was 76 devices. Yeah. Now, and, and people can't believe that. You know, that's just an it was an ordinary, you know, basically four person family. And they had, uh, you know, when, when we installed our sensor into their home, you know, we discovered 76 devices attached to their network right and the, the thing that people do typically uh you know i have a bit of fun with people that is like you know they, they they'll do the they'll do the calculation they'll go oh okay i've got a pc i've got an ipad and i've got a mobile phone that's three and there's four of us so four times three that's 12. but what they forget is that these days you know you've got wi-fi speakers you know you've got alexa devices now, I'm, only, I'm smiling, right, because I had this conversation two days ago where I was saying to this guy, uh, 76, right, and he said, oh, I think I've got about 200. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, well okay. I said, well, you know, we haven't, got a, we haven't got a solution, you know, installed into his house, but if we, if we did have, he would definitely take the record, right? And, uh, and, and that, you know, that just shows you, I mean, he is... Um, you know, the other guy was a techie as well, right? And he so and he had 76 devices. And this guy, he's got like literally everything wired up <laughs> onto his network, you know? So obviously, if you, if you think, okay, blimey, there's 76 devices in a house, how many is there going to be in a business? It, it's like, it's a scary number, um, Jeff, to sort of like, Relate it into manufacturing, right? You know, as we as we've talked about, you know, you you have got like in manufacturing, you sort of got like an IT environment, you know, the front office, and then you've got an OT environment, the back office. What we see is that manufacturers split those into sort of two networks. Um, not always, though. Sometimes they're all on the same network. Yeah, and you know, the, so the problem is that uh, with like the OT, IOT type devices and that, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of like, they're built to be low cost. And and often, you know, you can infect them with a virus, but you can't patch them and you can't put like a, an endpoint agent on them to monitor what is going on. But, but that is the problem, if you like, you know, we can see what's going on on a PC and a laptop and, a, you know, a mobile phone and things like that fairly easily it's more difficult to to sort of see exactly what's going on with some of the iot type uh, devices and that so going back to what i said at the beginning 
finding out what you've got on your network is a really great starting point. And I, you know more about manufacturing than I do, you know, but what, what is happening in, of course, in most businesses post-pandemic, Jeff, right, is that, of course, during the pandemic, I mean, not, not obviously not everybody in manufacturing, but, you know, almost everybody was working from home. But now it's very much a combination of sometimes people are at home, sometimes they're in the office, and sometimes they are, you know, out and about, you know, you'll be like, you know, meet people in a hotel or on a train or whatever that is. From a cybersecurity perspective, it's absolutely the worst case. Plus, if you add to that, a lot of what happens, I, I think you'll agree with me now, is that, you know, we, we get sort of like temporary and part-time workers who who use their own equipment, so they their own laptop and their own mobile phone and you know they come and sit in your office and they they connect to your network <laughs> and and you know this is a real challenge for us right so like i'm a massive a fan of flexible working i've been working from home you know for like more than 20 years so I, i'm you know i want people to be able to work where they want to but from a cybersecurity perspective it's very very challenging you know I guess many of the, the large corporates, Chris, will, will have um, established cybersecurity teams. But, but yeah. for, you know, a lot of UK manufacturers, um, many of which are going to be SMEs, you know, sometimes with e even minimal IT or digital support to begin with. You know, what basic steps do they need to take to protect their business? Well, again, I mean, I'm just going to say, right. That, that 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 within the cyber essential standard um that there are sort of like five areas to address in that standard and so even if people were to look at the standard and there's all all sorts of tools available right uh, you know so so there's basically like a cyber an online cyber essentials readiness guide so you haven't even got cyber essentials but you can walk yourself through this okay. Cyber Essentials Readiness Guide. It, it's free, right? It's online on the uh, uh, IASME site. So you can walk yourself through um, this um, questionnaire, which will ask you the right questions about, you know, in relation to these five, um, as we call them, control areas of Cyber Essentials. Interestingly enough, so, so like basically, even if they did that, even if they just like went and looked at what are the five control areas of cyber essentials, right? And they're simple things like, you know, uh, do you have a firewall set up or not properly? You know, what is your what is your password um, management situation? What is your access control? You know, um, have you got protection against malware? Simple, simple things like that, right? And simple questions of that that you could just go and look at and say, okay. Right then. Well, I need to have a look, a bit of a look at at these areas, and that's going to help. And just to give you a, an interesting report came out recently, whereby cybersecurity academics from Oxford, Lancaster, Bristol University, and King's College London, right? They they basically put simply, they set up SME networks for different verticals. You know, manufacturing, retail, finance. You know, what you would a, a typical networks and that. And then they basically uh, uh, and, and they set them up to the cyber essential standard 
and then they attacked him with everything that they 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 had, Jeff, and, and could think of, right? And uh, it would you know the really great news was that it stopped like high nineties percent of the attacks, right? And this is so so this is this is really the message that we want to get across, right? That that just by paying attention to these five control areas, you can stop like almost all, most of the typical cyber attacks that you will come across. So just yeah. just for the audience's benefit, then the 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 free walkthrough that you that you um, that mentioned earlier for for yeah. cyber essentials is on which website? Can you just give so it's on, website? It's on the IASME website. I A S M E IASME website, right? And, that, and so IASME is the the accreditation body. They're the people that own the Cyber Essential Scheme, and they report to GCHQ and NCSC, right? And and then and and like downstream of them, there are well currently around two hundred and sixty uh, what they call Cyber Essential certification bodies. That that online questionnaire is on the IASME website. Yeah, so, so we can let people know about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering, Chris, what what kind of grant funding is available for for manufacturers or other businesses, in fact, to to invest in safeguarding their businesses better? Is is there any help available? Because um, obviously, you know, these things cost money. I know there are some free things that you can do, but to actually, you know, heighten and optimize your your cybersecurity, you know, at some point it, it's going to cost money. If you're a larger business, that could be quite expensive. Is there any funding available for, for organisations? Well, well, let's first of all just, you know, help people understand, right? I mean, I, I've already pointed them to like, a you know, one free resource and there are other free resources, right? You know, I would definitely encourage people uh, to like ignore all of the different flavors of cybersecurity opinion. So manufacturers in particular, they probably need to get cyber essentials if they're dealing with the government or if they're dealing with defense, right? I, you know, I was speaking last night to uh, a chief technical officer, you know, who's, who, and uh, uh, they own a number of manufacturing businesses and they're putting them all through cyber essentials plus. Um, and the reason that they're doing that is because they want that there are some contracts that they want to be able to bid for and hopefully win. And that they cannot do that unless they have got, uh, in, in their case, Cyber Essentials Plus. Right. So, you know, like I, I, I'm not, I don't know what the manufacturer, but, but, you know, say if they were manufacturing parts again for, you know, I don't know, an aeroplane or a missile system or something like that. Right. Or they were manufacturing something for the government. Right. You know, because the government wants all of its supply chains secured. And it wants them secured to the cyber essential standard. Right. That's a good reason to me in itself, Jeff, I hope you'd agree. Right to focus on that standard in particular. Even if you have not achieved certification, if you've begun on that process, then you're going in the right direction. You know, what we call like the, the cyber hygiene journey, if you like, right? Yeah, it's best practice, um, isn't it? Absolutely, it's best practice, right? But, and you know, always, and sorry, I know I keep repeating this, right? But it's best practice to the government standards. 
again, you know, for us here, Jeff, in, in the Midlands, you know, where obviously they're building HS2, if you want to be, I think, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's all types, but, but certainly um, a lot of types of subcontractor for HS2, again, you have to have cyber essentials. I think that's important to remember. And then the other thing to remember is that actually we're not talking about a lot of money here, right? They're sort of like at the, at the small end to get uh, cyber essentials, the basic certification is 300 pounds, right? You know, for, to, to like install our uh, Lujab online solution, you know, you're talking a couple of hundred pounds, right? With maybe like, you know, a hundred pound a month if you decide to take uh, basically, you know, all of our remote support um, and, um, you know, virtual cybersecurity expert stuff, right? So you're not talking about a huge amount of money. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure in manufacturing, any amount of money is, in, is important, right? But yeah, versus um, the risks, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? It's a, it's a drop in the ocean compared to what it would cost if things honestly, were in shape. Honestly, it, re it really is, right? And, and um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I am, an, uh, as, you, as you can clearly tell, an evangelist, you know, for the cyber essential system. And, the, you know, the more people that, that go through that process and that, the lower cost things become as well, you know, because, you know, people are building for much larger scale. There, there is still, I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert on this area, but there is still um, some funding around, I believe, right, which was a bit more generic than Cyber Essentials. Yeah, it was it was basically like about, you know, improving your information technology infrastructure and stuff like that. Right. So the, there may be something like that. The, the equivalent of like the broadband certificate. Have you have you heard of that? Yeah. Of it, but I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, uh, well, it's a, it's, it's, it's basically a voucher. You know, it's a voucher from the government, right, for, for, for businesses to install broadband, to, to help businesses install broadband, right? Um, and so that is what we really could do with uh, for cyber essentials as well. And there have been um, parts of the country that have um, gone into that area right so so scotland had uh, was offering like a thousand cyber essential uh, vouchers for a while not yeah not now um leicestershire again had a similar scheme uh and the channel islands and the isle of man again similar schemes right well you know there you've got I, I'm, I'm really not sure why Leicester decided to do it. I'm glad they did, right? Um, but, uh, but there, you know, there is a lot of support for, from the police on cybersecurity in the Leicester area, yeah? Um, but, uh, you know, like the Channel Islands and Isle of Man, obviously they've got a lot of financial institutions in there, right? So, so obviously getting people cyber secure there was very important to all of them. Yeah. Um, and Scotland and Wales have have been, you know, pioneers in cybersecurity, you know, very similar to the area around Cheltenham, you know, the West, the West Midlands area. Yeah. Uh, so 
I guess I'd have to admit, right, that that that, that I I am not aware of any specific funding to get cyber essentials, right? But what I will tell you is that um, we, uh, the cybersecurity cyber so we're working with, right? You know, we have various incentive schemes uh, to get people on the path, right? So, so they can, you know, now I've, I mean, I've already given you an indication of the cost. So if we have incentive schemes, you know, it's going to make, it's going to sort of improve that. To be honest, it's, you know, the costs that you've, that you've mentioned just seem really, they're not, they're not insignificant, but um, they just seem very, very, very low compared to what I imagined. And that, again, that just shows my, my ignorance to these things, but, you know, for, for manufacturing businesses, maybe looking at, at this and thinking, oh, crikey, how much is it going to cost? It's, it's not an awful lot at all, is it? It really isn't. It really isn't, Jeff, you know, and, and, and so, there, there's, you know, there's a couple of challenges here, right? Um, you, you know, I'll just give you an example. A couple of years ago, uh, I, I'm i not going to remember the name of it now. I think it was something like um, the Association of Retailers or some, something like that. I was speaking at this event, right? And, and with me was somebody from GCHQ and NCSC, right? And it was basically um, directors of retail organisations that you know that there were not like the the big chains tesco sainsbury's and all the rest of it so everybody other than them basically and you know so we basically stood up and said okay who's heard of gchq ncsc and who's heard of cyber essentials not one out of a two 200 audience so you know this is a big challenge that we have and i'm grateful you know jeff for the opportunity to talk about it here uh, is that is to is to get the word out, if you like, about cyber essentials to people generally, uh, and to get the word out that it's pretty easy to do and it's pretty low cost, right? So, like you say, why wouldn't you? What I like to encourage people to understand is that, again, you would know more about this than I do, but you know that I, I sort of know about the machine tool area a bit from my past. You know, in the same way that they have put a lot of effort, right, into, you know, improving production methods, the efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's what we're really talking about on the IT and the cybersecurity side. We're just talking about putting a bit of effort like there to, you know, to improve those systems a bit uh, you know, and a bit will mean an awful lot to the you know UK generally. Well, thank you very much for sharing that, Chris. Um, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating topic. I was going to ask you about your involvement with Lujam uh, just finally, because aside from your you know your sort of role as chairman and CEO of the Cybersecurity Association, you're, you're also global sales and marketing director for Lujam. So, can you just yeah. briefly? Tell us about Lujam, what, what, what it is that they do and how can they specifically help UK manufacturers? OK, well, I, I can uh, let, let me thank you and let, let me like just relate it to, to some of the things that I've said. Right. So Lujam Cyber uh, spent two years in the GCHQ NCSC Cyber Accelerator that, that I talked about earlier. Right. And, and so that was about like five years ago, we did our two years in there. So 
so pre the pandemic now this is this shows you how forward looking the government and gchq and ncsc are so we basically went in there with a solution that we had in mind right which was to put it very simply it was about um blocking bad ip addresses blocking um uh, basically the hackers right because because basically the government has a list of all of the bad ip addresses right and it also tracks what we call zero day addresses as well which is ones that have just appeared and we don't know whether they're good or bad right okay so basically we went in there with that like innovation and what they asked us to do was they said they were basically saying okay cyber essentials is great that that they they basically you know uh, came up with cyber essentials in 2014 right it's been going that long right so cyber essentials is great right but the idea of an annual recertification you know has has its limits when you've got basically cyber attackers attacking you every day right <laughs> so 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 they basically said to us can you produce for us right something that continuously um evaluates a home or a business against the cyber essential standard right so yeah so effectively that's like doing an audit a cyber essentials audit every single day right? that's in real that's in real time it's in real time right um now uh, and and so very much right and as i say pre pandemic what they could see happening was they could see more and more people working from home yeah and of course they could see more and more smes right uh, you know small medium sized business sector is growing all the time isn't it right so they they're projecting forward and they're going okay we have to somehow protect those people yeah you know again because because they're part of the national supply chain right at the end of the day yeah so we have 99%. to 99% yeah exactly they're, they're yeah. the backbone of the country aren't they 99% exactly 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 so so um now i can tell you right that the criteria that they gave to us right they basically said right guys we need you to make this very effective right we need you to make it simple to use and we need you to make it low cost affordable as well right otherwise you know they know you know and i know right smes are not going to buy it right if it's too complicated if it's too expensive that you know it doesn't matter how effective it is they're not going to buy it right um so that so that is basically um you know what they had us produce um and uh so you know as as you know now we've we've now had basically three years or so if you like of production you know we've put some like 300 odd networks out there and i think it's important to note as well that in amongst the time when we were in gchq ncsc cyber accelerator we spoke to uh, the very senior it directors and the cso's the cyber information security officers right about what what did they need for the you know like manufacturing the defense if you like supply chains yeah um so i won't i won't necessarily go into that you know in, in detail but but basically 
to say that, you know, we took this basic idea of, you know, continuous monitoring and vulnerability scanning, as, as we call it, every day. We took that to them and they said, this is brilliant, right? The, I mean, the only thing that they actually said to us, really, it wasn't negative. It was just that they said, um, it's at, you know, what you're doing is probably too much information for us guys, right? We don't need all that. We just need to know, you know, is that is that company in our supply chain secure or not secure, right? Uh, and also, they said, uh, you must not be too intrusive, Chris, right? You know, in other words, you know, we don't we don't want to we don't want you to snoop on people's business <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right so so uh so i you know what i can tell you is this is a bit of a technical term right but we don't do what they call deep pack inspection so the easy way to understand that is that we know who's talking to who but we don't know what they're saying right so so yeah so like we know when there's somebody on a pc and they're talking to facebook and 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 you know they might be talking to a friend on facebook or they might be talking to um, you know, a colleague or something, right? Um, we don't know what they're saying. All we know is they're on Facebook, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, which, which, which in itself, again, it, you know, there's that, that's a higher level of, of information that we provide above, you know, like just how many devices are there. You know, we provide information on who are those devices talking to, what applications are those devices using, where are they storing their data, and all that type of thing, which is, of course, important for GDPR as well as it as well as it is for cybersecurity, right? And and I and I think you'd agree with me, Jeff. It's generally important for you know compliance and governance uh, and risk assessment um, generally. One of the things I think that all cybersecurity suppliers in the world suffer from, right, is how to communicate with SMEs to get them to take action. You know, opportunities like this are brilliant and that, you know, for us to just like come on and go, hey, this is not as scary or as expensive or as complicated as you think. Right. You know, anybody can basically do, uh, you know, this. So because of that, right, I will do a lot of experimenting with messaging. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you've done the same. You know what 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 actually gets people's interest and gets them to take action. Yeah. Um, marketing uh, approach, at, isn't it, really? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's you know, a standard digital marketing approach of like AB, you know, analysis, as they call it, isn't it? You know, uh, and so and, and of course, you came from this. You, you know, we met from this that we as a company are, are having a lot of success in communicating with people using social media and using like virtual networking, online networking events. So, I, you know, I and the other members of the team, we just drop into, you know, virtual networking events. Um, and we just, you know, we just talk to people in plain English about cybersecurity and, and try and get them to understand it's not that scary. So, so there are different messages. You know, sometimes I, I talk about like a cybersecurity center in a box, but, you know, because, because, you know, now, like at a higher level, right? If I said SOC to people, people know that's a security operations center, but you probably didn't and SMEs are not. Cybersecurity center in a box sort of like, you know, just about hits the spot. 
And also, I think if I if I said to you virtual cybersecurity experts as well, right? So, you know, people are, are sort of a bit, you know, familiar with like fractional directors and you know, fractional cybersecurity officers and stuff like that, you know, or part-time. That's basically what it's what that is. It's as and you know, when you need it, isn't it? As and when you need it, right? And so that's basically what we're saying. And um what we've done is like we've made our solution so that it could so first of all it could be operated by non 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 IT non cyber people within a business, right? It could so it could be operated by the managing director, it could be operated by the office manager, it could be you know, you don't need to be IT or cyber, right? But and then at the same time, providing that we're given access, right, we can see the results from the, the portal, for the, the results from the daily analysis, right? So when I say we, I mean Lujam Cyber, and our partners can see that, who, who are the cyber experts, you know, typically these cyber essential certification bodies, right? So we can all work as a virtual team. Yep. Yeah, on, 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 you know, if you like, on, Shall we call it the cybersecurity problem? I don't know. There are no problems, only opportunities, aren't there? <laughs> but, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for giving that overview of uh, of Lujam uh, Lujam Cyber. Uh, that's L U J A M for anybody listening. And Lujam Cyber. That's pretty much taken us to the the end of this particular episode. It's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, with you, Chris, some really eye-opening stuff, certainly from my point of view. And I'm sure there's some, you know, some real value-added nuggets in today's episode for our manufacturing audience. So thank you very much, Chris Windley, for coming along today. Thanks, everybody, for listening and look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye-bye.